0: We're beginning the prophet Hosea tonight, and although we're not beginning this evening, a long series on the minor prophets, I thought it would be wise to probably talk about the minor prophets, because eventually they're, they might all get done in this series, and then this would be the place to look for some kind of an introduction. Uh, so uh, bear with me, but I have a couple questions on your handout about the minor prophets, and the first one is, why are the minor prophets called minor? I got some interesting answers to this at noon today. They, all the they, they were not those they kinds of miners. miners. However, that kind of mining is in the Bible, mm-hmm. in, the, in the book of Job, just out of the minor prophets. Aaron? The books are shorter. Yes, that's it. That's, that's, the, that's the whole story. They're just shorter. It's really as simple as that. I think it was Augustine who said they are minor only in length and not in terms of content. So uh, that is all. Even Hosea and Zechariah, which are 14 chapters, are both still quite a bit shorter than Daniel with its 12 chapters. Um, so minor prophets. Um, and then with regard to maybe Hosea in particular, um, What practical difference did it make to an Israelite whether he lived in the north or the south? This is in the days of the divided kingdom. Um, Think uh, in terms of uh, three ideas: geographically, politically, and religiously. And geographically, the uh, the northern tribes lived in the north. They were the buffer state to uh, Judah from uh, antagonistic countries like Aram and Assyria and so forth. So that was a problem for the northern tribes. Politically, um, there was a lot of upheaval up north. Down Down south in Judah, there was only one dynasty. After Saul... Everybody else in the in the kingdom of Judah, every other king and queen, were from the tribe of Judah. Saul had been from the tribe of Benjamin, but beginning with David and going all the way down to the last king of Israel, they were all from Judah. Up north, it was different. Up north, uh, we begin with a man named Rehoboam, and he had been Solomon's hmm, chief building contractor. He pretty much built the tabernacle and some other things. He was the builder, the chief builder. And then God handed him 10 of the tribes. He was a good administrator. Uh, But he immediately fell into sin by setting up calf worship at Dan, way, way up north. And of all places at Bethel, which had up until half an hour ago been the location where the tabernacle had lived. And, and he set up calf worship where the old tabernacle had been, really to desecrate it so that it would no longer be associated with, with, with true worship of, of the true God. Um, and so all through the prophets after that, especially in, in, in the book of Kings, you have this refrain, king after king up north. He, he might have done everything else well, but then he still sinned in the eyes of the Lord because he fell into the sin of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. So over and over and over again, they left this worship of of, uh, really calves like Aaron's calf um, up north and then kind of in the middle there. Um, And then religiously, the disadvantage to being up north is that the tabernacle and later the temple were down in Jerusalem. And so the people weren't able to worship um, easily because they were considered foreigners and so forth and outsiders. And, and so that was a problem um, as well. Let's take a look at the list of the minor prophets up until the exile. So these are the first uh, nine of the minor prophets and you could divide them into three groups if you wanted to. But um, Hosea, Joel, and Amos are early, 9th century, 8th century. Uh, uh, you have men there, uh, particularly Joel, who may actually have known the prophet Elisha. So that's how long ago this stuff was. Elijah came around not that long after Solomon died. And uh, Elisha, of course, was his, uh, his uh, number two, his, uh, his uh, pupil and so forth. Actually, I think that Joel lived before Hosea. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. There are quite a few of the minor prophets and a couple of the major prophets quote Joel, which puts him earliest in the in the list. And uh, Amos and Hosea, roughly contemporary. Some people think Amos was a little bit older, but we're not really sure. I have no idea when Obadiah lived and ministered. For one thing, I don't know which Obadiah this was, the one who wrote the book of Obadiah. There are quite a few Obadiahs in the scriptures. Um, uh, one of them famously lived around this time of Hosea uh, with Queen uh, Jezebel around. He had hidden a hundred prophets in a cave, or actually in two caves, um, 50 in one, 50 in the other, to spare them from Queen Jezebel. Is that the same Obadiah? I think ancient believers thought that that was this Obadiah, but we're not really sure. And his uh, prophecy is often associated with Jeremiah who is a contemporary of Daniel quite a bit later, um, because one of them seems to quote the other. And then the question is, does Obadiah quote Daniel, or, or rather Obadiah quote Jeremiah, or does Jeremiah quote Obadiah? And yeah, that's not for today, um, later maybe. Jonah lived during the time of Jeroboam II, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Jonah's, can I call it his odyssey? Uh, probably happened in 775 or approximately that time. Um, And then we're getting into the time of the prophet Isaiah. Micah and Isaiah were, I'll say, classmates. Um, They probably knew each other, Micah prophesying out in the world and Isaiah in the city of Jerusalem. And then the last three, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, are all later in the 7th century, that is the 600s. Um, and uh, Habakkuk prophesying the fall of Carchemish. Nahum is part two of the book of Jonah, prophesying to the city of Nineveh. Jonah said, you better repent, and now you haven't, and so now you're toast, or whatever the theological word for toast would be. Um, You're a goner. If we flip them around to more chronological, they might kind of look like this, and maybe not, and um, maybe that's not necessarily for us to really worry about. Today, but I kind of think that Joel is really early in the list here. Later, um, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. Zechariah and Haggai actually date their prophecies, not only with, uh, in the case of Zechariah, not just year, month, and day, but what hour of the night. The poor guy had most of his prophecies the same night. Um, so he, would, he had a nightmare, woke up, wrote it down, or dictated it, and then he went back to sleep again, had another one, and over and over, I think it's five or seven of them in one night. That's the bulk of the prophet Zechariah. What a night that must have been. Um, uh, I think of, of, of uh, when a woman is in labor all night, and every moment is like an hour, you know, uh, things like that, that maybe, that's, maybe that comes close to what, or maybe Zechariah's thing comes close to that, I won't put anything uh, uh, above, above the other. So, okay. Any questions that far about the minor prophets in general? Did you have to learn them in order once upon a time? Yeah? yeah? Um, if you remember that Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi come at the bottom, if you see the, the list I have here of the minor prophets, did I teach you with Hobbits? Just always did. Uh, you, we will. Um, so, uh, uh, an acronym for remembering the minor prophets, if you want one, uh, <laughs> is uh, that is a word that follows the letters of the of the of the of the names. So hobbits just always open jars. Midnight honey. Mm. So. It's Maybe one way of remembering the minor prophets—it's kind of combining the Hobbit and Winnie the Pooh, I guess. Um, so, um, but using using the Z's as snores—that's uh, that's kind of where I'm going there. And, um, so, all right, let's go to Hosea, the prophetic, the prophet and the prophetic life. So we actually have some of Hosea's family tree. Uh, uh, his father was named Beiri. You can put a little apostrophe or hiccup in the middle of his name, Beiri. Um, and if some ancient commentators, very ancient commentators are correct, he might be also known as Beera, And Beera was the leader of the Reubenites when tiglath pileser III took the northern tribes into captivity. That would have been Hosea's dad. I kind of question that because Hosea probably was in his 70s or 80s when the Assyrian captivity happened. So was his dad probably still around? Uh, you know, that's my question there. Maybe. Moses lived to be 120. And yes, of course, Methuselah lived to be 969. Very good. Um, uh, so Be'iri could have been a really, really old dude. But... Um, But that would be the only connection we would have and the only thing we know about him. But Hosea was from the north. Um, We will find out that he marries a woman named Gomer. How many of us don't know who Gomer Pyle is? Two. Only two. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, You do not have a failed parent if you don't know who Gomer Pyle is. It's okay. He was a. That was a. That was a. Um, a sitcom based in the U.S. Marine Corps back in the '60s. So, in the sitcom, he was a marine. Um, and then there are three children: Jezreel, Lo Ruchama, and Lo Ami. We'll find out about a couple of them, maybe at least one of them tonight. But uh, the Jezreel, the first one, is certainly the son of Hosea. I don't think the other two were and we'll find out more about that as the as the book and the evening roll forward. So Hosea is the only one of the writing prophets we're told by some commentators to have come from the north from Israel but Jonah was from Moresheth Gath and uh, we don't know where Obadiah came from so I don't know if we can say that um, he was the only one but He certainly was a writing prophet from the north. Um, And he dates his reign, his work rather, not not reign, he's not a king, according to the reigns of the southern kings. Why would a northern prophet give us dates that correspond to northern kings? Aaron, you want to take a stab at that? Actually, everything he writes is directly to the northern tribes. It's been commented that Hosea Hosea, flows with concern and compassion over the northern tribes like dew falling upon the grass of Samaria. That's a quote from a pretty mellifluous-sounding commentator, not me, uh, and, and so forth, and he... Um, but... I, It's also possible that he was around when the Assyrian conquest happened in 722, and that he ran. So to preserve his book, he may have just come south, and therefore having a southern audience when he made his the copy of his book, he stuck in the northern the southern kings rather, because they didn't use the same dating system. Um, You know, you don't in those days you didn't just say. in the, you know, in, in, uh, in 864 BC, this happened because there was no 864 BC. It was just what year of what king are you talking about? Um, So we'll see what he says um, in a little while. I said that. Um, So Hosea's prophecies date from the reign of Uzziah. Do you recognize that name? King Uzziah? Um, Isaiah begins by saying in the year King Uzziah died and Uzziah also was a king in the north or in the south rather who had leprosy so they had to build him a little house out back kind of like what happened with Nebuchadnezzar when he went nuts that one year but Uzziah had to be living elsewhere all for the rest of his reign until he died he could not come back into the king's palace. Um, so he had to have that special place well Uzziah's reign starts in 792 um, and, uh, and it goes down to the reign of, of Hezekiah who you may recognize from the book of Isaiah um, who, who uh, began his reign in 729 if we only take those two dates 792 to 729 that's close to 60 years um, now, maybe it was a little bit later in Uzziah's reign, um, but Jeroboam II comes into this as well. But he may have prophesied for as much as 50 or 60 years. That's a long ministry. Um, how long was Pastor Henning pastor here at St. Paul's? Anybody know? 38 years. 38. 38. A little bit of uh, chronology, because this is how I figure things out in my head. 793... Jeroboam II becomes king up north, and then Uzziah becomes king down south the year after that. Uh, About 20 years later, it's probably about the time that Jonah went to Nineveh via fish guts. And then around 760, the possible date for Hosea's first message and marriage, or maybe a little bit earlier, approximate date for the beginning of Amos' ministry also, we have a new king, Zechariah, in 753, who is not on the throne very long. I, if memory serves, it was just um, a few months, I think six months. Then Shalem, his murderer, is on the throne for one month, not very long. Uh, and the next name below Shalem, how do you think we should say that name? How many of us who are older remember a man whose last name was Bagan Menachem Begin. So let's say Menachem together. Menachem, probably how we should say that name. And and as long as the name has come into our culture via a contemporary. Otherwise, if you want to say Menahem, that's okay with me, Um, which kind of rhymes with M&Ms, and I am kind of hungry. So, but Menachem, I think, would be right. And then Pika, not Pikachu, but Pika... Uh, sets up a rival kingdom. He's not king of Israel yet, but he's king of something up there, um, up in Gilead, Up, which is, Gilead is the extreme northeast of Israel. Um, do you remember that there is a balm in Gilead? Um, Gilead is up there. There is some hill, there's a hill country there called Bashan. And the thing we learned from the book of Amos is that Bashan had good cows. Um, Good cattle grazing country up there. And for a while, Pekah just set up on his own up there for about 12 years before he actually becomes king of Israel uh, through murder. Jotham is the man who reigned along with his dad, King Uzziah the leper. Um, And it was under Jotham that really Micah began his prophecy. Isaiah begins to have some pretty dramatic prophecies. And then in 745... Tiglath Pileser the Third, which is not a kind of good beer. Um, Pileser is not a pilsner, um, but and I, my father-in-law had a cat named Tiglath Pileser, but maybe your father-in-laws didn't, but um, mine did. Uh, but he becomes king of Assyria in the Hebrew Old Testament. That long name, Tiglath Pileser the is spelled with only two letters, and pronounced "pool." They called him "pool," I, I, so. Anyway, uh, he's replaced by, uh, or rather, uh, uh, Menachem is, uh, is replaced by Pekahiah. Pekahiah is killed, murdered by Pekah, who reigns for uh, uh, whatever that is, uh, a dozen years or so. And then uh, down in Judah again, after Jotham, Ahaz. This is not bad King Ahab, okay? This is good King Ahaz, can we all remember that somehow? So A has a nice king up in Jude, or down in Judah. Um, however, Isaiah condemns Ahaz for asking Assyria for help. But what else happens in Isaiah 7 after he condemns the king? He also says, "The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel." That's that prophecy. So this remember that those prophecies happened in historical circumstances, and that's that one. Then the last king of Israel, Hosea, um, remarkable because what he basically did was he did not pay the ransom. Um, uh, Tiglath-Pileser's successor, Shalmaneser, um, looked at the books after he became king and found out that um, Hoshea was late on his payments, not like you and me being late on your cable bill and panicking because, you know, there's a Brewers game or whatever, excuse me, Twins game. But, uh, 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 but rather, he actually had been defaulting on his Assyrian uh, ransom payments um, for years. Hoshea never paid them at all. So after ten years on the throne, Shalmaneser shows up with a big army, knocks on the door, and says, "I want my two dollars." Um, and uh, and then the whole country falls, and that's the end of the Northern Kingdom. It's probably more than two dollars. Well, uh, getting now into Hosea uh, himself, very simple outline of the book. It really could just be two parts the, the, the um, 1, 2, and the 4 to 14 pieces. But there is a one-verse introduction where he signs the book. Part 2, which we're going to begin tonight, if we ever get that far, is the unfaithful wife and faithful husband. That's followed by the balance of the book, which talks about the unfaithful nation and the faithful God. Remember that for God, the sin of idolatry, is how we would feel about the sin of adultery. So that's that's idolatry to God. Idolatry equals adultery, um, and uh, so it's that heinous and that horrifying to God. After all, we are the bride of Christ, correct? And therefore, when our when 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 his bride is unfaithful to him, that's like adultery. And God wants to model that for his people, which is what the whole book of Hosea um, is really all about, is God modeling that fact for his people. Then in the last section, we have a little bit more detail about Israel's unfaithfulness, um, uh, Israel's punishment. Um, God will famously say in, uh, in, um, oh no, that's, that's in Malachi, isn't it? I'm thinking, where God says, I hate divorce. That's Malachi. Um, but, uh, oh, but, but we do have Hosea 6.6 6 and some other famous verses coming up. And then the Lord's faithful love in the last uh, several chapters at the end. But if in case I have not completely confused you yet, there's some context I would like to give, which is most of 2 Kings 14 to 17. I'm not going to read any of it right now, Okay. I am going to just give you the scorecard um, of these of the of the second kings in these chapters. Um, second Kings begins with the ministry of the, the the end of the ministry of Elijah, and then the entire ministry of Elisha. They're given um, sort of in a clump in the middle of the book. There, end of First Kings, beginning of Second Kings, and then we get back to the chronology of the kings themselves. Even though the prophets overlap them a little bit. But what I want to give you are just some simple scorecard kind of things. Like they're all going to look like this. Of the list of kings. And the, the reason is because these are the characters that were in charge when Hosea was God's prophet. So this is the era he lived through. It is a bloody mess. Um, and it was probably very, very frightening time to live. Um, a very, very frightening time. So we begin with Jehu, who will get mentioned in chapter 1, king of Israel, before Hosea's time. Jehu, up in the north, um, was the king who followed bad King Ahab and his even badder wife. What was her name? Jezebel. Jezebel. Yeah, a woman so terrible that the book of Revelation uses her name as a model for the worst person ever. So, uh, 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 Jehu is called upon by God himself, who sends the prophet Elisha to anoint Jehu as the, the man who will put an end to the Amrid dynasty. The Amrids, beginning with King Omri and with King Ahab and his son. There were four of them in that line. How how many Super Bowls does it take to make a dynasty? When you're talking to your buddies. Well, according to your buddies, probably only one Super Bowl. It's our dynasty now. No, it's one victory. One victory does not a dynasty make. Jehu, uh, uh, the, the northern kings, beginning with Jeroboam, are a succession succession of kind of riffraff and rabble. And then Omri, who probably, as far as the people were concerned, was a great king. He did all kinds of good things for the northern tribes. He was also idolatrous, and God condemned him for that, but he was a great king. And he has a a, a four-generation dynasty. But it ends with, ugh, Ahab. Um, And that's the whole thing about Naboth's vineyard and all of that. And Jehu is is anointed to end it all. The story of Jehu uh, 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 racing his chariot across the plain to, 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 um, to appear before the king is an amazing little story in 2 Kings because the, the, the king he's going to, to go and uh, put to death uh, keeps sending out messengers. He sees him coming. And this Jehu is the guy who drove his chariot so wildly that everybody knew who he was just by the way he drove. That's got to be Jehu. It can't be anybody else. And every messenger that went out, Jehu would say, I don't care what your message is, just get him back. And so all the messengers became part of his army as he's, as he's coming. And it must have driven the, dro- drove the king crazy because it doesn't matter how many guys he sends out there, they all just join him. This is, you know, at one point do you have to say maybe I should stop sending soldiers out there, um, and uh, and then and then he gets there and then it's just done. Um, but I and I also wonder kind of how long that lasted. But there's a scene in Monty Python and the Holy Grail where Lancelot is charging the castle, and in each in each successive shot of Lancelot running at them, I think he's a little bit further away actually, and then finally he just ah, he's just there and. I should have given you a little GIF file of that. but um, uh, So he puts an end to wicked Ahab and to Queen Jezebel. She is defenestrated. Anybody know what defenestrated means? Yes, yes. Defenestrated means pushed out a window. I'm amazed, but very good. Yeah, okay. There's a, there's a famous historical event that happened in Prague called the Defenestration of Prague, where they took some ambassadors and pitched them. And uh, anyway, that's what happened to Jezebel as well. She got defenestrated, and then the dogs went in. But, but, But Jehu, anointed by God's prophet, did what God told him to do, ends up being a pretty good king. He puts an end to a lot of the idolatry, but he falls in line with the sin of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, And he allows some synchronism and some idolatry, and so he's generally condemned. I think I meant to write syncretism, meaning allowing more than one kind of religion. Synchronism is what we do when we compare uh, 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 two different chronologies, (laughs) which I've also been doing this week, so that's why it's in my head. Sorry about that slide, so that's, that's a misspelling. Jeroboam II comes to, the, comes to the throne. He is the great-great-grandson of Jehu. There are other guys I skipped. I hope you don't mind if I don't give you every detail. Um, Jeroboam II is on the throne for 41 years. The prophet Jonah is associated with Jeroboam II. Jonah prophesies, and it's in Kings, um, about this, 2 Kings 14. Jeroboam expands the northern kingdom to its largest extent since Solomon's days. He does incredible things with expanding, uh, but he really lays on the sins of idolatry, and he's condemned. Down south, meanwhile, Uzziah, the next year, becomes king of Judah in the south, and he reigns 52 years, which is a long time to have leprosy, um, which he did. Um, So uh, quite a few other prophets, Isaiah, Hosea, Amos, all associated with him, Micah as well, He's afflicted by leprosy, and his son Jotham was probably co-king along with him for maybe all of that time. He's also called Azariah, as you're reading Chronicles and some other book. But the prophets all called him Uzziah. So, so. Uh, uh, chapter 15 in 2 Kings, Zechariah becomes king up north. He is Jeroboam II's son, but he only reigns for six months because he's murdered by Shalom, which ends the dynasty of Jehu. Jehu um, gets in trouble from God because he had gone further than God told him to. So that's, that's the problem there. Um, and allowed idolatry as well. He's followed, well, Shalom, his murderer, is only himself on the throne one month. Does that count as even a reign? Well, a month. How long was Tippecanoe President of the U.S? You guys know that? Yeah. Tippecanoe? He, was, he got pneumonia he at, at his own inauguration and talked too long in the rain. And I, th- I think he, I think he lived a month mm-hmm. and died. Then Menachem, king of Israel, up north, ten years he wisely paid ransom money to Tiglath-Pileser. The The bully came around, he paid the bully. And he did it in a pretty good way. He taxed all the rich people. You guys each can afford 50 shekels, so shekel it over and we'll give it. And that's what happened, and okay. And you know, they lived through it, didn't they? So, not a bad way. He then is, is, uh, is uh, followed by his own son, Pekahiah, uh, who's only on the throne for two years and is murdered by this Pika, who had set up an alternate uh, kingdom up in Gilead, up in the cow country. Um, then Pekah's only, you know, rather Pika was on the throne then for a total of 20 years. Um, maybe only 12 on the Israelite throne, but 20 if you count the Gilead years. Um, that's synchronism, trying to figure out how long they were, really were um, um, king. And then when does a year start? And when does a rain start? Those are all hard things because sometimes they started the year in the religious calendar in April. And sometimes they started it in the secular calendar in, uh, August or what, you know, and never December 31st like we do because who would do that? And, uh, um, well, the Romans would. but uh, And then there are other things like, do you count the opening months of his reign if they're before the year starts? Are they just months or does it count as a whole year? Because if you count that as a whole year, it messes up everything. And so there are all kinds of different uh, aspects of this. Um, then we have Jotham, who uh, uh, this is down south again. He was a pretty good king. Uh, he's followed by Ahaz. In the south, also a good king. Paid ransom to the king of Damascus. He's the one who stupidly found an altar he liked the looks of and asked for the blueprints. So they. Um, the problem is when you order stuff online, they put cookies in your computer and then all kinds of infections happen. And that's what happened with Ahaz, uh, king of Judah. Uh, he, he's the one who got the prophecy of Emmanuel. Um, Hoshia, uh, the last king of Israel, is the guy who didn't pay the, the, the bully, um, and everything fell apart after nine or ten years. And he's followed by Hezekiah, king of Judah. Um, se- four chapters of 2 Kings are duplicated in Isaiah. Did you know that? Isaiah 36, 37, 38, and 39 are duplicated out of 2 Kings. Um, and uh, who actually wrote 2 Kings? Not sure. Some people think it might have been the prophet Jeremiah, and for that part, he just said, "You know, Isaiah did a great job." I'm just going to drop this in, and and uh, so uh, so that takes us uh, through the What I wanted to have is really introduction. You've been listening to Invisible Church, the Bible study podcast from Saint Paul's Lutheran Church, Newall, Minnesota.